The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Oz. I am going to spring something on you all because I had a little bit of feedback that I forgot to put in the show notes, but I'm going to read it now because I literally just remembered. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> this feedback comes from Tanya via email, and she writes in and says, on your November 3rd episode, someone, I believe Dom, you are correct, said they wished Amazon would not deliver on Sundays. I have not had Amazon deliver on a Sunday in years, ever since I marked my address as a business address in my account. This doesn't stop other people from sending to you on a Sunday, but it's a big help. However... Since they updated the settings to be even more friendly, you can edit your address and select yes or no to deliveries on Saturday and Sunday independently. To do this, go to the Amazon website, go under account, and then in the ordering and shopping preferences section, look for your addresses, then click edit on your address, and then under add preferences notes, access codes, and more, there's a weekend section. And then they ask, can we deliver to this address on weekends? If you open that up, you have to kind of click on a little reveal uh, triangle thing. Uh, You open that up and you can select independently whether they can deliver on Saturday or Sunday. So you don't actually have. So thank you, Tanya. And so what it reveals is you don't actually have to um, set yourself up as a business address in Amazon. You can actually tell it don't deliver on Sundays. So uh, thank you, Tanya, for pointing that out. That That is a relatively new thing, and I'm glad to see it. Yeah. You can just do like me in the old school move to Montana where they don't have Sunday delivery anyways. <laughs> that works, too. Yes. The ponies don't run that way on Sundays. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Got to give the ponies a rest one day a week. I'm more concerned with the poor overnight deliveries. Yeah. You know, I feel so badly because I'm, I'm out walking my dog early in the morning and I'm seeing these Amazon delivery guys and I'm like, really? <laughs> it's pretty mm. early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, a little too early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Uh, although sometimes that has come in handy. There have been times when it's like, I really, really need something like it broke and I need it as soon as I can. Yeah. I've done that. But I just I like not, you know, contributing to having people have to run around working crazy on Sundays if I don't have to. It's a good thing. Yeah. No, that's good. I agree. Yeah. All right. So, and again, thank you, Tanya. We love to get feedback and uh, this sort of feedback is excellent because it helps us uh, correct ourselves. So uh, thank you again. Uh, You can send your feedback to technology at sqpn.com. So let's talk about what's going on at Twitter. 
anything new at Twitter these days? Well, apparently. I, I heard they had a, a new boss or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, some guy that just showed up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, as everyone knows, Elon Musk, the world's richest man, has purchased Twitter. Uh, that sale finally went through, and he's now in charge and changing things. And people are off. I've heard from a lot of people. What's going on? Is Twitter going away? Is it going to be useful? Is it going to be this terrible, awful place, uh, you know, 4chan, social media or whatever? Uh, or or is it getting better, going to improve, going to be so much, you know, so much good going on? So I thought we could talk a bit about what's going on, kind of cut through some of the uh, fear, uncertainty, doubt, and get to some of the facts of what's, what's really going on there. Um, so... Uh, the first thing that happened, so this is the, the very end of October, uh, Elon Musk showed up at Twitter after the sale was finalized, brought over some engineers from Tesla, which I thought was very interesting, uh, to take a look at the code. Um, so, you know, what what did he buy? And frankly, I wonder how complex the Twitter code is itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, there's several levels to this. There's the servers that, run things and that that sort of thing can be very complicated. Uh, but Twitter itself as a service, it doesn't look very complicated. Right. Which looks can be well, deceiving, I suppose, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in the, the twi- I would, I would argue that maybe, I mean, the server code is going to be the most complex part because yeah. that's going to be handling how, you know, the messages get stored, how they get displayed, or not displayed, but how they get to the, each individual person that sees them. Right. How do people get tagged? Things like that. You know, the the the, the web front end is relatively simple. I mean, it, it really is, you know, and that's, but it's going to be all the stuff that the processing that's going to be done on the back end. Yes. You know, and, and mm-hmm. how do you, you know, how do you track everything and, and all the stuff that, that goes on with it. You've got the, 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 actually kind of the funniest part is where he literally walks into the Twitter offices with a kitchen sink because he basically he's going to clean house right right he's bringing that's, that's, yeah. that's, as i understand it, that's kind of a corporate speak for he's gonna throw out the kitchen sink meaning he's gonna throw yes. everybody out yeah <laughs> you know he's gonna clean house exactly but no, I, I, w- I would definitely say that yeah. on the back end it, it's um it's it's a fairly complex right maybe nowhere to the level of like a facebook by any stretch of imagination though right I mean, that, that's one thing though is i think it's simpler um it i think the biggest thing he was concerned about with having these uh engineers come in was to look at the algorithm you know the infamous algorithm yes and you know see what is it doing and that could be a fairly complex set of code that's true that's true right and you know what i i i'm wondering if these people have been working on code for a car autopilot. I know code is code, right. but this is seems to me the un, the un, you know the uneducated as if, as if it's apples and oranges. You know, it, mm. you you've been working on something for so long, and now you're going to switch over to something else. Well, they're not. They're not switching permanently. They're mm-hmm. coming. He bring he brought them in to assess what's there. I think, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad idea to take people you trust and probably fairly high level people, and to go over with the engineers that are working on it on day to day who speak their language, and going over it and saying, you know, what's this? What's this? How does this mm-hmm. work? Because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's proprietary. That's you know trade secret that are now have to be revealed. And so he's got guys mm-hmm. he's bringing over from Tesla, 
the boring company, you know, the company that makes the boring devices, <laughs> the, you know, underground drilling. Yes. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's a, it's a dumb name, uh, you know, and some others and bringing them in to look at it. And they're probably fairly high level people is, is according to what I've seen to, to look at it. And having done this when I was in the air force code review by outside people is not uncommon. Okay. That's, you know, yeah. because they know the, the programming language, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, I'm, I'm assuming whatever programming language they program the, 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 the back end in Java or C++ or whatever it happens to be, they know the programming language. These are going to be people that if they are working on the cars, they know artificial intelligence. Okay. All right. They right. know how to do the neural networks and things like that. So they're going to know how to look at this and say, okay, I don't understand everything Twitter does behind the scenes, but I can look at this and recognize this is an AI and this is how the AI is working. And this is, this is a server control. And I see how that works and stuff like that. So there are things that, that they'll, they'll understand. It's just, it's a different, they aren't going to know everything that Twitter does. Yeah. yeah. I, I just found it odd, but then again, I'm the uneducated one here in code. So <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is that that's why I wanted to kind of bring it up is because a lot of people would be wondering, like, what does it mean? Like, what, like, why would these guys necessarily know, you know, how to deal with this? But like, like Father Corey said, co- it's code review, mm-hmm. and so um, it's it, they don't have to be the experts on this particular code. So the other thing that that happened is, is they they laid off. He laid off because he's the only boss. Well, first he fired the CEO, the CFO, mm-hmm. and the general counsel who was in charge of a lot of the, um, the compliance the, and yeah, privacy, and, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and the big thing she was in charge of was the whole, you know, like how, you know, the rules of conduct. You know, we ban mm-hmm. people for what reasons, and so that was the first first day. But then later on, they laid off. Basically half the company's workforce, 3,700 people, uh, although a big deal was made about how, though they reversed course and brought some people back. I I think that's fairly standard, which is mm-hmm. you a lot of companies end up doing this. They lay off a bunch of people and then they turn around and go to some of them and say, OK, can you come back on a contract basis for six months yep. or or we've you know, we want you to come back in this other role. So they kind of clear the decks and then start bringing people back if they need, if they realize they need them. So that's not uncommon, but that's a lot of people. That's 50% of the workforce. Well, I, I laugh when you listen to the news. It's like t- Elon Musk did this. No, I guarantee you. He sent an email out to all the managers that says, cut your workforce in half. Right. right. And the managers are the ones who had to pick you get fired. You don't get fired. Yeah. Or there may have, you know, let's be honest. Twitter has been losing money for a long time. HR might even had a list already of these, you know, these people are going to go. These people probably should go. These people we can't lose, you know, that kind of deal. But from a justice standpoint, when you're doing something like this, isn't it appropriate to give people time and to inform them in a, in a, in a, you know, in a human way rather than, oh, you can't get into anything. You're done. Yeah. Well, they did say that everyone would get an email you know, about it. And they did give them three months severance and it's, yeah, it's not, you know, whenever like they know they've known this is coming Mm -hmm. for months and Mm -hmm. anyone who's ever worked anywhere knows that when there's an ownership change, there's always layoffs. Now, now that doesn't, I've been on the receiving end of layoffs and that sort of thing. And it doesn't 
help yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it still feel really bad. Um, but so let's be, let's be honest. You know, when I, again, you know, before I entered the seminary, I worked for a major credit card corporation or as a contractor to a major credit card corporation. And when the credit card company decided not to renew the contract with my uh, company, the company I mm-hmm. worked for, it was like, okay, it's two weeks. And oh, by the way, you're done now. I right. mean, it was like your accounts are already locked. It was the same thing. Wow. This is normal for corporate where you're going to be laid off. And so you're laid off now because they don't want corporate sabotage. They want, you know, their, their security policies are going to say, if someone gives two weeks notice, you cut them off. If someone's being fired, you cut them off and then you tell them they're fired. That's just how corporate America works as much as it's it. You're right. It's not moral. But again, they did get well, three years, three months. It's not pay. just corporate I don't know America. That it's not moral. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I don't know that it's not that it's immoral uh, or even unethical. I think it's prudent in, mm-hmm. in, in, in mm-hmm. as you said, Father Corey. To lock people out as soon as you know you need to let them go so that you can prevent, especially given how vocal employees were about how Mm -hmm. unhappy they were and potential for sabotage and undermining them. So, uh, you know, I think giving people three months severance is a pretty good deal. I mean, I I think that's that's fairly just. I'm not sure what else he could have done, especially given that they're losing four million dollars a day. I mean, that's. You know, I, I'm going to guess 3,700 employees is probably somewhere uh, equal to four million dollars a day in salary in payroll. Uh, you know, the yeah, company can write at yeah. we can write at hundred thousand dollars. That would be pretty darn close. Yeah, it's just he knew this going in. You know, and they all probably yeah. should have realized this going in as well. But still, it's a sad state of, of affairs when this is how we treat people. And no wonder people get antsy and, you know, and they don't trust things. And he did say weeks ago that he that on day one or, you know, right right off the bat, they would end up laying off a substantial portion mm-hmm. of the workforce. At one point, he even set up to 75 percent, which, you know, is crazy right. to think about. Uh, but yeah. so. And, it, yeah. and of course, current news right now, other companies are doing it. So, uh-huh, yes, yeah. case I mean, in point, it, Twitter, Twitter just kind of. Uh, Took the heat for it, but other companies are trying to slide under the radar. So, yeah, but other companies are, are laying off like as well. So this, I mean, um, yeah, Meta announced today 11,000. My, my brother yeah. works for Microsoft and there was a major layoff there. Fortunately, as far as I've heard, it, it didn't affect him, but yeah. they just laid off like a thousand employees or something like that yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So this is this is affecting the tech company big time right mm. now. Yeah, it, Amazon had had some uh, some cuts and we talked last week about them, you know, shutting down some certain programs. Google has started, well, Google's always yeah, shutting they, down. Yeah, they things. can't go by them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that means a uh, headcount uh, reduction, but it, you know, so yes, the the tech industry as a whole and frankly the economy as a whole is starting to see some of these cuts. Um yep. so uh you know, I, I mean, I, I get it. It sucks to get laid off. I mean, it really does. And I feel for people who are put on the street when you, especially when you have a you know, family you need to care for and that sort of thing in an uncertain time. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I get it. So uh, what's coming for Twitter next and the things, sorts of things that will affect most users. So th- there's a new program called Twitter blue. Well, it's not really new, but it's, it, it's, a, it's changed. 
So in the past, if you were someone famous or important, according to certain criteria, you could get a blue check mark next to your name on Twitter to, to signify you as verified, that your identity has been verified. And for for some, it was just, you know, celebrities and I'm an important person. For others, it was, you know, journalists to ensure that even if they were a journalist with a small number of followers and in a minor, you know, media outlet somewhere that you could, you know, the users, followers could trust that this person was giving, it was a journalist and thus probably are supposed to be giving good information. <laughs> I, I, I need to hedge that a little bit. Yes. In theory. But so, but it was, you know, for the rest of us, it was hard to get verified. I never tried, but I know people mm -hmm. who, you know, uh, folks who have big YouTube channels, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on YouTube and, you know, they, 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 they're a notable person. They might even have a Wikipedia page or whatever. Couldn't get verified. And, and it was opaque. How does one get verified? What, why them and not me? And, you know, this sort of stuff. Yeah. So and, now and there were accusations of politics and getting involved. And it was, it yeah, got yeah. pretty messy. When you have clear criteria, then, then you know how to follow the, you know, the, right. the lead. But if you don't have clear criteria, then, you know. Or you don't even, you don't even go b abide by the criteria you set right. out. Like where mm -hmm. uh, this one person I know was, was saying, I've done this and this and this, and this is true of me. And this is, and you still, and they still refuse and they won't say why. So, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Musk has announced this new Twitter blue program where f everyone who gets a blue check mark now has to pay or will have to pay when it starts. $8 a month for the privilege of ha of having it. Now, it's not just that you get a verification check mark. You'll also um get fewer ads, better ads that are more targeted, I guess. Uh you'll be able to post more texts or longer videos and audio than currently and um you know, some other some other benefits as well. This has caused an uproar. <laughs> Among people with blue check marks. And, you know, I'll be honest, it's hard to feel sympathetic. No, no, I, I can't feel sympathetic yeah. here because I, yeah. I can't, because if there is no cri good criteria and it's yes, we like you, no, we don't, then this is probably going to be a way to weed a little bit of this out. Yes, all of the right. all of the celebrities can afford it. All of the YouTube influencers can afford it. But the the journalists should be able to get somebody to pay for it if they're credible journalists. Right. But the rest of the people who just want to be important, hey, pony it up or don't. Right. Like celebrities complaining about $8 a month is kind of, uh, you know. Yeah, really. Like <laughs> not. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's ta it's taking away their elitism. If we, you know, their, their the elite, elite status. status. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it'd be like, it, I mean, it'd be the same complaints you would hear if Delta Airlines came out tomorrow and said, you could buy the Super Mega Platinum Plus card for our, you know, our uh, lounges and everything for 20 bucks a month. And, you know, and oh, we're going to let the hoi polloi into the lounges, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and it, it and some of it is there are people that have used the blue check to check mark to say, see, I'm more important than you. That's true. Right. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. 
Right. When I, the, when they post on Twitter, like, look, I'm a blue check mark and therefore what I say carries more weight or something along those lines. Uh, yeah. So I think there's still a pretty, and, and based on what I've read, they're still going to verify your identity. You still have to prove you are who you are before you get the check mark. They're not just going to hand them out to anyone who hands them eight bucks. So there's still that aspect, but it's going to lower the bar to, for, in, in one sense, um, and raise the bar monetarily in the other. I, honestly, I don't un, like, I don't really care from as a user <laughs> that they're doing this because it's not something I want. I don't, mm. you know, it's not. And, and 90% of the people I know, it does, it, you know, people on Twitter, 90% of the people on Twitter, it, 99%, it's not going to affect. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think that's a big deal. Uh, but it, I mean, you may differ in your opinion, but I think for our listeners, it's probably not going to matter too much. And the sad part about it is this kind of started as a way of getting rid of the um, the trolls on the Internet. That's the funny part is you really think about right. when it when it really started was that this is a person that whether they use their real name or they use a pseudonym, this is a real person that has been verified and it's not a a bot it's not a uh you know post farm or something like that a tweet farm or something like that this is a real person who you can trust that this is their opinion this is their whatever they're you know they're posting and again it's it's become more of a status symbol right. and a i'm more important yeah, and i than think you. for i think for celebrities it's it's this is really me rather than somebody mm-hmm. saying it's me and then saying things in my name so to them it's important yes Right. Yeah. And and therefore they should be willing to pay. Yeah, pony it, it up, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I also think there was an element of if you have to use your na- your real name, if someone you know, if you can't just be completely anonymous, you're less likely to be, you know, a troll. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that's true anymore, but but in the past that's been the case. Uh so Cop certain former president. <laughs> <laughs> but in in the, yeah, it's just I don't know. It, I I don't I don't know that it's a huge deal, but you know we'll see as it, as it rolls out whether this is going to make a difference or not. Well, what I want to know is how much are these people paying for their Netflix? You know, well, <laughs> we'll be talking about that in a few minutes too. So that's another yep. another important uh, part of the story. Uh, so one of the interesting things, you know, so now now that Musk has paid an unreal amount of money for this service uh it's got to start making money so you can pay the pay back the loans for this he he couldn't pay for it out of his pocket so they're going to they need to you know start making more money off of ads better advertising but they also want to attract better content uh which is a huge element in this and one of the things that made twitter lesser than some other platforms like say Instagram or especially YouTube uh, is the monetization. So if you're a YouTube uh, channel, if you have a YouTube channel and you've got a large audience, you could make money off of the ads that YouTube shows on your channel. You can monetize it. And YouTube's terms were fairly uh, generous or are fairly um, on YouTube you can get 55% of the ad revenue. So if if, you, if Google sells an ad for a dollar, you get 55 cents, Google gets 45 cents. 
right. And so, uh, and th- there's all these other issues w- about the, uh, around that, including demonetization, and you know, so there's there are issues with YouTube and ad re- or ad revenue and creators. But one of the complaints for many years is the people who make Twitter v- valuable get nothing. It's you you post mm-hmm. your thing, and you don't get anything for it. At, Twitter makes all the money. And so Musk has said that he's going to start to make better. So creators who post to Twitter and drive traffic and engagement will be able to make money off of the value they add to the service through, you know, revenue sharing and that sort of stuff. Um, So what do you think of that in general? I mean, is this, is it, do you think that will make a better Twitter I think we're getting away from what Twitter was originally created for. Okay. We're starting to add videos. We've been at, you know, putting videos. Now they want longer posts. It was supposed to be a very short thing that you wanted to mm-hmm. get out to mm-hmm. people. And you and if you have a lot of followers or you're following a lot of people, then you can read a lot of stuff quickly. This is all going yes, away. Yeah. It's, becoming, it's becoming YouTube. It's becoming Facebook. It's becoming Instagram. So why would I have Twitter then if I could do all the rest of this stuff everywhere else? It's, I argue it kind of gotten away from it a long time ago. Um, when people started doing Twitter threads, when people started doing, uh, you, you could do longer, even longer, you know, instead of 140 characters, went to 280, if I remember right. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Because it was meant to be, if you had something longer to say, you post to your Facebook, right. you post to your blog, you post to your YouTube. You don't post it all on Twitter in one of 12, one of 15, one of 100 Twitter mm-hmm. thread, you know, but <laughs> right. it, it's kind of gotten away from that anyways. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. This doesn't help it. Yeah. I, I would like to see Twitter become simpler again because I would I mean, this is kind of my impression. I, I haven't used Twitter significantly in Same a couple here. of years, but when it started going to the longer posts and the Twitter threads and things like that is when it really started getting a lot of the problems creeping in when it was, when it wasn't just the one sentence, two sentence mm. posts, like it used to be is right. when the problems really started creeping in for I've, I actually started using Twitter more again in the past year. Uh, I, I felt like that there was conversations going on there that uh, would be interesting to be part of or to see anyway. And, I've noticed, well, one, well, there's a couple things. <laughs> Try to order them in my head to, 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 there. But one of the things is this long form stuff. So, you know, he mentions that Musk mentions at one point, let's, let's get rid of this uh, silliness of the screenshot of the notepad. Like, so Apple mm-hmm. notes or someone like writes a long statement in Apple notes and screenshots it and attaches it to a tweet. I mean, it's kind of silly. Like you, the, most often I've seen that is in the uh, celebrity apology <laughs> on Twitter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's like, so they, what he says, we can add attached long form text to tweet. So the tweet itself isn't going to get any longer, but you can attach text to it rather than a screenshot. Eh, okay. And I have seen people who add significant value to Twitter by the types of things they post, like, you know, uh, historians who have Twitter threads that are really interesting and and get hundreds and thousands of retweets or, uh, you know, uh, this was one guy who, as a sideline, identifies old cars and pictures for people. So, like, if you get a picture of your grandma from 1920 
and she's standing there in front of a car, he'll tell you what the car was down to like right down mm-hmm. to the make and model and year, you know, it's just kind of a, you know, an interesting little sideline, but yeah, that's cool. He, but he could make money off of doing that. So there's a possibility of that. Um, one other thing that kind of gets me is this, all this talk about, well, I keep, you know, the algorithm shows me stuff I don't want to see and all these ads. And I, it reminds me, I don't see any of that. My Twitter mm-hmm. experience is I see exactly the people I follow in reverse chronological order from, you know, from the, the mo- most recent tweet from someone at the top down because I don't use the Twitter app or website. I use TweetBot, mm-hmm. which is an uh, Mac and mm-hmm. iOS app. And oh my gosh. So, I mean, if I had to use the Twitter app, I, I wouldn't use Twitter either. It's yeah. so much better to use a, a tool like that. And I don't know how long that's going to last because it doesn't show ads. Yeah, I'm wondering so, how long Elon's going to let TweetBot do it. Do right. it. Cause that's what I use too. I use TweetBot and I don't get right. that ad experience, but yes. I've been getting the longer posts and I'm like, yeah, this is Facebook. Just tell me, tell me what I need to know. So, <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so, I think it could be that will he'll end up charging you know anyone who uses the an API based app a third party app might end up having to pay a fee in order to use it because you're not paying you know you're not seeing the ads or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't seen an announcement, but that's my guess as what could happen. Father Corey, well, in, at one point they had tried to cut down on API use where oh, yeah. like each app could only use so you know could only have so many mm-hmm. logins and that was it. I mean for the entire app, not just for per person, but mm-hmm. like so TweetDeck could only have like a hundred thousand users or something like that, and that right. was it. Yeah, and I don't know if they've reversed that or uh, there is a so TweetBot started charging like an annual subscription. I think it was like six mm-hmm. bucks. I don't know. I, I would have to go back and check, but I don't know if that was them because they're being charged by Twitter or something along those lines. Cause yeah, there was a point where they cut off new downloads because they had, they were, if you were grandfathered in, you could use it, but nobody else could, but they, they reopened it. And so, and, and then it had the subscription model. So I think maybe there's already a thing where you can pay to, you know, the third party apps can pay to continue to use the service mm-hmm. without ads. And maybe, Maybe they'll become part of the eight dollars a month for the yeah. Twitter Blue. Will Could you be. you know per user instead of per app? That's I that would be interesting. Well, I can get a check mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now the, the, one of the reactions to all of this is people have jumped ship. They're like, oh, I'm not going to be on Twitter anymore. I'm going to and you know remember when everyone was leaving Facebook a few years ago and we're, they were all going to uh, MeWe uh, that which lasted about six months and it's still there but some, it's no one uses it. Yeah, some people are still there and have never come back, but most people went back to Facebook. Uh, same thing with uh, Twitter users. They've all decided to jump to a Twitter ver- you know a sort of Twitter competitor called Mastodon. And I just want to take a minute to kind of talk a little bit about mm. what is Mastodon. It is it is like Twitter in which it's a short uh text-based mainly text-based uh, social media network where you follow people and people follow you, etc. The difference is is no one owns Mastodon. It is a federated service. 
So there are a bunch of servers that individuals, anyone can set up a server and you join Mastodon by joining one of these servers. And there, there are plenty of public servers. So what does that mean? So if I, I could seek out servers that are either local to me, like you know, uh, if I'm in the UK, I can join the UK based one. If I have a particular interest, I could join like a sci-fi nerd one or Star Wars one. The, the important thing to know is just because you join a particular service, it doesn't mean you're you're on an island and you can't talk to other people on other servers. Uh, it means that right off the bat, you have a small community that you can talk to who has a, a similar interest. But if you want to follow people who are on other servers, you need to know what their server address is. So I'm at batnet at mastodon.com I think I'm on .com uh, yes <laughs> I, I set up a Mastodon account mm-hmm. ages ago so and a lot of these ones because so many people started coming over they've closed registrations temporarily uh, but there's others like at mastodon.social so you need to know what server someone is on if you want to follow them but in that case you can you can follow anyone on any server now there are some issues related to being on Mastodon, which is there is moderation, content moderation is up to each individual server administrator. So, you know, it, it's a bit of a wild west out there. Um, mm-hmm. There are no ads, so that's good. But also, you know, your server quality determines your experience. And so you could get on a server with the administrator isn't very good at it and and you know the <laughs> server's slow or overwhelmed and you're not gonna you know get get anywhere on it i don't know so what do you guys think is is mastodon the place to go is or is this another one of those things where everyone says i'm leaving town and then in six months mm. they slink back it's the i'm leaving mm, town and everybody slinks back <laughs> i mean it, it's um i was can't remember what podcast i was listening to but they were talking about how there was a celebrity who did the i'm leaving twitter and then you know release something that you know and i'll reevaluate it later and of course two weeks later i'm back mm-hmm. yeah figures yeah. as much you know so i i i, I the idea of mastodon is interesting i was thinking it almost sounds kind of a combination of discord and usenet you know where you've got your server and it connects to other servers if you remember usenet where yep. you had a usenet server you connected to and that's propagated the post between different servers in different channels um i don't see a lot of these celebrities i don't see a lot of these you know major people sticking Mm. it out journalists will go there because they want to be on the you know the bandwagon and showing that they know what's going on and yeah people who are politically aligned a certain way will go there and people politically aligned the other way will go there and it's just kind of like average person can be like nah what who cares yeah and I'm looking at it as the Wild West. Uh, I want something a little bit, because I'm very simple with my needs here. And I don't want to jump on something, another service, because I'm, I'm not on Instagram. I'm on Facebook because I have to for work. Mm-hmm. I like Twitter because it's, it's short, but it gets, you know, it gets a little crazy. It got crazy for me, so I kind of stepped back. Yep. I, but... They do have their their uses. This just looks like it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna take our toys and go over here, and we're gonna do something else. And I looked at it and I went, uh, no, 
it's and I think people are just saying, you know, we're going to do this because we're mad and we're not going to take it anymore. A la network. Right. And, um, you know, in three weeks, they'll be back going, well, you know, this I love you people. So I'm staying. Yeah, right. (laughs) So. Yeah, I, you know, I try to set up, I just try to try everything out once um, and you know, set up an account whenever it shows up just to see what it's like. So, but I'm not, I don't see myself using Mastodon on a regular basis. It's too hard for me to find the people I want to follow and recreating my Twitter following thing. <laughs> mm. And just, that's uh, too much hassle. So I know we're not going to have mastodon.sqpn.com. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying for a server. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, the more likely thing is, is if, if Twitter becomes bad, I just, pull back from it again and don't use it as much. So one, one of the things people talk about is, you know, the importance of Twitter. It's as it's America's, you know, uh, town square and important things there and misinformation on Twitter can change everything. And it's important to kind of keep things in perspective here. Less than 25% of Americans use Twitter. And only 25% of those people are responsible for 97% of all the tweets. And this is something that, that needs to be fixed, which is that journalism, you meet the media, often does the lazy thing and say, this is trending on Twitter and therefore it's a big news story. No, <laughs> it isn't necessarily. <laughs> it's big on Twitter. And since all these journalists are on Twitter, they think that means it's big in the country, big in society. But that's not true, necessarily. It, so it, Twitter is important within a small sphere, but it is mm-hmm. not generally that important. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. And I'm going to say this once for people who don't know it. There is no more fact checking in news. And no. it's all going to these places and seeing what they're saying. Right. That's not fact checking, folks. So you need to do your own fact checking from now on as far as, right. you know, and where can you find that? I'm not sure sometimes. Yeah. Well, Some, sometimes listen, you do get it on Twitter. Sometimes you do get it. Yeah. On listen Facebook, to our episode but, last week that has we talked mm-hmm. all about managing misinformation right. and that sort of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like just because a bunch of people say something on Twitter doesn't make it true and doesn't make right. it necessarily important. It's it's just a group of people. You know, I, I I can say with good confidence that if I walked into my parish, either my previous assignments or this assignment, and asked the people there how many people have a Twitter account, how many people have ever even looked at Twitter. The number of hands that would go up, I can count on one of my hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have fingers I left over. Yeah. You know, it, Twitter is, out, you know, again, outside of a certain group of people, of course, journalists being a big part of it, because that's where they go and listen to. But there's, there's just a, kind of a certain class of people in, our, in, in the United States, Canada, Western Europe, or whatever, that's on Twitter. Most people aren't. It's mm. it skews young and it skews people who are highly engaged in internet content of one sort or another, whether they're bloggers or YouTubers or podcasters or tech people, that sort of thing. But it skews to those communities. But for, ra- mm-hmm. for average, regular, everyday folk, if they're on social media, they're either on Instagram or Facebook. 
frankly. I think yep. that's mm-hmm. the, the majority of of what we're looking at. And um, even among younger people, I'd say more pe- younger people are using TikTok than they are Twitter. Um, so, yeah, that's, I that's, that's what I was going to say, too. I, I, I kind of get the feeling that Twitter is a certain band of people that's lower Gen X, upper or lower Gen X into millennials. Right. And once you get lower millennial into Gen Z, the numbers drop off very quickly. Now, I haven't looked at any statistics online, you know, to see any polling or anything like that. But that's just kind of my impression when you look at the people that you right. see on Twitter. And then celebrity politician journalists, you know, that yep. so mm-hmm. the media, I'd say almost like the media class are on Twitter. Yeah. And, and I, I would say it is very much urban. Yeah. As well. Yes. Yeah, Again, you know, like, like I say, I go into my rural parishes. A lot of people, oh, yeah, I heard about Twitter. Donald Trump was on until he got banned. And that's literally all they would know about it. <laughs> right. 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 So that's what's going on at Twitter. And, you know, what we think maybe you should, what you might want to know about it. Um, if you have other questions, other thoughts about Twitter, we'd love to hear from you. You can send them to technology at sqpn.com and be happy to talk about more as as more comes out, you know, and as and as other social media goes through these upheavals like facebook is currently going through we'll be talking about it just from the standpoint of what do regular folks need to know what what's important to us before we get on to our next headlines i want to talk about the patrons uh i would love to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Morgan N, Jacob K, Richard D, Alexandra S, and Lenka B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology in all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So our first headline that I want to talk about is an interesting new Mac app or technology, really, because no one's seen the app yet. It's a bit vaporware still. Um, mm. called rewind.ai and it's it's the promise of this app that's very interesting which is it promises to be able to rewind everything you do on your mac to bring up information for you now it's it's kind of hard to explain there's a video in the link that we'll we'll share on our in the show notes that kind of shows you what happens so but what you do is, is you hit a, a key command and you can search for anything that you've seen said or heard in your mac in your app i'm sorry in your mac uh so it's almost like time machine sort of but what what it does is like say you were in a Zoom meeting and then you were using some web pages and then you made an Excel spreadsheet and you mentioned in the, the example they give is TPS reports from the movie Office Space. Say someone in the Zoom meeting used like vocally said the words TPS report. It's creating a transcript of all the things that are being said when you're in any like a video call. If it's something that's been on a page that's been on screen. If it's when, you know, anything that's happens on the screen of your computer, it's recording and saving. And they say they're not using the cloud for this, so for the security measures and that they claim in, in you know, r- mind boggling levels of compression, uh, <laughs> 
they can they can compress 10.5 gigabytes of data down to just 2.8 megabytes. Uh, what do you think of this? Is this is this a, a scam? Is it? And then there are privacy concerns as well, of course. Uh, so what do you think of this this app that's been promised? Mm. <laughs> uh, Joanne, what do you think as as our uh, another Mac user like me? I think they're trying to promise too much. Um, and I also don't know if I'd want something like that. I mean, from a couple of I mean, from a couple of different standpoints. Okay, sometimes I lose things on my Mac. It would be nice to be able to roll it back, you know, and find these things. Yep. But I don't know what I have to give up for that. And yes, it says it's all going to store it locally. But I don't quite believe you can do that. I mean, what am I going to have to have a two terabyte hard drive to do this? Well, an extra two terabyte hard drive. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, I I, I don't I mean, I looked at it. I looked at the video. I was like, yeah, not me. You know, I'll I'll keep doing it the old fashioned way. Right. How about you, Father Corey? I I wonder if there doing kind of a sleight of hand in their language and they're doing something that actually I think could be kind of interesting is you're not going to be able to watch the zoom meeting. You're not going to be, unless you zoom, the zoom meeting was recorded on zoom. Right. What I think they're doing is basically they're using speech recognition for things like zoom to create transcripts. And that's and so that's where they could take like a 10.5 gig video and compress it down to 2.8 meg. Right. You know, because right. You're, you're not getting the video, you're getting the transcript. Maybe you're getting clips of the video, but even that, just as I read, I didn't watch the yeah. video, but just as I read the description, it doesn't sound like they're actually giving you the video. But maybe what it does, like I said, with Zoom meeting. Right. It says at this timestamp, at 50, you know, 47.5. Five four, this ha- was said. Right. Well, and that's they they say that um, there's an update to the story at the end that I, I just noticed is that video and audio recording are not currently part of the product. They're they they're doing screenshots and captured text from OCR, but they're working on audio and video because they decided to ditch cloud transcription. So since they have to do all that uh, speech recognition on the machine itself instead of on a powerful server on the cloud, then it, they can't do it uh, yet. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even apart from being in the cloud or not being in the cloud, you know, preserving every single thing that's, that's been done on the computer has implications. There's legal Mm -hmm. implications. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes as a, as a lawyer maybe, or as a journalist or even a pastor, you know, there are things you don't want necessarily to to remain, right. you know, that or, you know, doctors the same way where you want to make sure anything recorded is under a, a certain level of encryption can't be get into. So uh, there is some concerns with that as well. I, I'm not sure I want mm-hmm. like there are, you know, I have I use day one, which is a journaling app and I, you know, pour my my mind out into that. And sometimes there's things in there, you know. Not, I'm not a criminal mastermind, but just it's private. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I use encryption in day one. But if this thing is recording everything I do, that's not encrypted anymore. Same thing with all my passwords. Uh, is it going to exclude passwords mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff? 
I have questions. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like you said, I'm not sure I'd want this, even if it works exactly as advertised. Um, no. And they, they do say that you can exclude certain apps. So you could exclude your password manager, for example, um, in con- incognito mode, private windows, things like that. Yeah. But still, it's yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of concern here. Now, I could see a lot of uses for it. You know, put yep. something like this on a uh, conference room computer mm-hmm. so that every conference that's done you know, over Zoom or whatever is automatically, you know, transcribed. Right. I think that would be a great thing. I could see it for courtrooms, mm-hmm. you know, where, again, same thing where uh, the computer just sits there and, and it does a transcription along with the stenographer, you know, you know, stuff like that. I wonder if this is really get, setting them up to be acquired by a company like Zoom who would, you know, build this into their app, you know, this technology. Yeah. And then, okay. and that then becomes interesting that, you know, now you can, or Skype or Google uh, Meet or whatever they call it these days, or yeah. StreamYard, which is what we use. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see that because I know when I have recorded Zoom meetings for parents who don't show up or for other, you know, staff mm-hmm. people who don't show up, they don't want the whole meeting. Right. They just want to know what they need to know. So if it was in um, text form, it would be easier for them to scan. So that I could see. When you say that, that I could see. Well, it wouldn't be nice, you know, for for us as as podcasters to be able to have a transcript automatically created. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You click the button on StreamYard, you hit record, you hit transcribe, and it just does it. There are different services out there that offer it. I haven't. We don't use them mainly because right. they're expensive. They cost. They cost. <laughs> so, well, that's just it. Yeah. But if it's a part of StreamYard, if it's, you know, you're paying yeah. for your StreamYard subscription and you hit the transcribe button and it automatically does the closed captioning. That would be, yeah, that would be nice to be able to get a transcript of uh, our shows because we get asked for it occasionally, especially by people who are uh, um, deaf and want to enjoy podcasts or that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I agree. So our next headline, we kind of talked, uh, previewed it a little earlier, uh, changes at mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, so two things, two big things people really need to know about Netflix that's coming down the bike is, uh, one, they're, as we mentioned before, I think, they're cracking down on password sharing. So if you know someone who has a Netflix subscription and you share your password with them, um, they're, Netflix is going to crack down on that. What that means exactly is I'm not certain, you know, they can, they haven't said it's going to cancel accounts or, or whatnot. Um, so, so there's that. And they're, they're offering ways for people to, to get right, <laughs> to get right with the Lord mm. uh, or <laughs> with, or with Netflix, which is uh, you can pay for a sub account. So you can have, you don't, you don't have to pay for a whole extra account, but you pay a little extra for an account that lives under your main account, or you can have additional homes, quote unquote. So you have a Netflix account that you use at your place of residence. And maybe you have one that you have at your vacation house or something or quote unquote vacation house. (laughs) So, (laughs) So they are, They've been testing out various things around the world. So there's that. And then there is, they've rolled out, this is, uh, as we're talking about this now, they've actually introduced this, an ad-supported tier of the Netflix service that costs $7 a month, which is about half of of the regular account. Uh, You'll get uh, 30 to 50 second ads, about four to five minutes per hour, I think is what I saw. And... Mm -hmm. um, 
but there are limitations. You you don't get the entire Netflix catalog that the that the paid version gets, which I think is probably you're you're probably going to get all the Netflix content, but any like mm-hmm. uh, syndicated stuff, there might be gaps there. Um, also, you will only get HD, not 4K, and you can't get offline. Like right now, if you're going on a plane, you can mm-hmm. download into the Twitter app on your iPad or say or your phone and watch it offline. You won't be able to do that with the ad supported version. So all that said, what do you think? Is this, is this something you would want you'd be considering doing? What do you think, Joanne? No. Okay. No, <laughs> no because as a cord cutter, if I like right now, I, I, I have full disclosure. I am sharing a Netflix account with somebody. We're both paying for it. Okay. Okay. And I want to watch the crown. I couldn't do that if I went to the seven dollar a month one. They're taking the crown off of that. Oh, that's and interesting. Some, so it's and they're taking some others off of that. So it's not just the stuff that's licensed from others. They're mm-hmm. they're taking away the, some of their premium content. Oh. No, exactly. Wasn't the crown one of those that they did in conjunction with another? Maybe it could be they, they've done they, that. Like when you know they started out with the Lilyhammer series, and that was done mm-hmm. in conjunction with Norwegian television. This could be done in conjunction with somebody in England, more with than the likely. BBC or somebody yeah. like that, or ITV, one of the two. Yeah, that's but true. I think as a cord cutter, I'm I'm more likely to go a month or two on a specific premium service and then get the heck out of Dodge and then come back mm-hmm. with my what I'm watching. So the seven dollar one doesn't. I'm really trying to get away from ads, right? As much as I can. Yeah. So I would prefer. Now I don't know what this is going to mean for uh, for my friend and I because we have two different logins to this. We it's a family. It's considered a family, right? A, account. She's not using me. She's got her own login. So I don't know how that's going to work yet. We're just waiting to find out. But both of us haven't been happy with Netflix lately, other than The Crown. So maybe we're gonna. Yeah jump out. And one thing they did say was that they're going to stay with their bingeable content uh, release schedule, which means um, dropping whole seasons or something mm-hmm. they've been doing lately is half seasons at a time. Mm-hmm. So it may be that they're trying to straddle. So one of the reasons like say Disney plus will release an episode a week is not just to drive up interest, you know, and people talking about it, but so that you stick around for, two months to yeah. watch all of right. Andor, for instance, or three months in that case. Whereas yep. if, if, if uh, Netflix drops all of stranger things in July, then I'm going to watch it all. And I'm going to cancel. If I, if I only thing I like on there is stranger things, I'm going to cancel until the next season of stranger things comes out in two years. Uh, so they're trying to straddle that. Well, maybe instead of keeping you for one month, they're trying to keep you for two or something along those lines. Well, Netflix dropped the entire 10 episodes of The Crown. I'm looking at it right now. Right. So they did drop mm-hmm. all 10. So I don't know if they're going to do that in the future, but they haven't done it yet, which is good. Right. But I'm, I'm more inclined to do that rather than to go to a $7 ad. But yeah. you'll see in my pick of the week what, you know, a, a couple of ways to get mm-hmm. around all this kind of stuff and pick what's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the problem with if the way you're expressing the the ad supported is not even the full library, right? And I think that is going to be a real 
concern for people. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix. No one ever watches. I mean, literally, I, if you looked at their numbers, it might be in the hundreds of people that have watched that content because right. it's, you know, B movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's a lot of if there is stuff like The Crown and other things that is their premium content and you can't get that with this level, mm. then people might be making the choice of, you know, I really enjoy the series. It's not worth it. Right. 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 Not worth it. You just drop Netflix altogether. Yeah. And it, it's frustrating because all these services, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, of course, you know, that's Disney and Hulu are the same yeah. now. But it's just like all of them have the ad tier and the ad in the ads are annoying. Right. Yes. And because there's an ad tier, they can drive up their ad free version subscription price a little bit, yep. you know, and point to, well, we have an ad free, you know, an ad uh, supported tier for you if you want that. But it needs to, but it needs to be curated. Correct. OK, if you don't have that many ads, don't keep playing the same ones no. every single time. That was my big That's... thing that drove me away from Hulu, <laughs> like back in the day. Right. I, I can't. Yep. I refuse to even watch free Hulu. You know, like I'm not even paying for it. I refuse to watch free Hulu because it just was so annoying to see the same stupid ad for ED medicine for, for yeah, every exactly. ten minutes. <laughs> oh. oh, and they got politi- they got all the political ads this the last oh, time yeah. around. I've been I'm so happy that's all over. Today. I might as well buy a DVR and just record off of the cable at that point. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's super annoying. All right. And, and by the way, we don't want, you know, five minute ad breaks every five minutes. Oh, that's yes. the other I'm looking thing. Look at you, Peacock. Right, right. And not in the middle of a sentence. Yes. In the yep. they do it sometimes in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. It is it is maddening. It's it's so much worse than broadcast TV in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like fix that. Make it don't make us not want to watch your content in your ads. So uh, our last headline is we've talked about this subject once before uh, digital license plates and California has now gone ahead with it. And they have these new digital license plates that the, the promise is, is you can do things like personalize it by putting, you know, go Pats or, you know, go Red Sox or whatever on it. Um, or, it can mark a vehicle is stolen or put an Amber alert message on it and that sort of thing. Um, but the cost, if you want to get one of these in California, you, you can get it for $1,100 for four years for a hardwired version, which means it's wired into the car's electrical system. Or you can pay uh, $215 a year, which is just with the same amount right isn't that the same amount uh pretty close no yeah, no it's no. that'd be about nine hundred dollars for four years 215 times four no it's two yeah, yeah. oh yeah about 900 sorry math is not my strong suit sorry uh, <laughs> it's math is hard yeah, sorry, math <laughs> yes is hard. it is sorry barbie so it's slightly cheaper for a battery powered version which you, or you can pay twenty dollars a month for um keeping in mind that a regular license plate costs 70 bucks a year mm-hmm. so yeah, but if you know anything about Rhode Island, this will go over really big if we get it, because everybody in Rhode Island has to have a vanity plate or something special or something that says, well, I'm different. We are the checkmark people for plates in Rhode Island. <laughs> so this will go over but really big. How much more expensive are vanity plates in Rhode Island than regular non-vanity plates? 
Uh, they are. They're, uh, I don't have the, the cost of that off the top of my head, but when I was looking at getting a vanity plate versus just a plate that would you know, subsidize some charity, it was mm-hmm. a lot cheaper for me to buy the charity one yeah. than it would be to, to do the vanity plate because they make you pay every year for that specific vanity plate. So, right. But I'm still thinking it will go over big time here. Hundreds of dollars a year. Wow. See, in, in Montana, it's not that bad. I want to say I, I, have, I have both a, uh, a veteran's plate on one vehicle and then a vanity plate on the other. And I want to say, like, the veteran's plate was an additional $10 a month or $10 a year for the, to support the, the veteran's mm-hmm. memorial. And then the vanity plate was, like, 20 or $30 more. Some states, so they're not that yeah. expensive in Montana at all. Some states they're a lot cheaper. They're not that much more expensive. And like in Massachusetts, they they really stick it to you. They want you to pay through the nose for your vanity plate. So it's a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. I know Maine is fairly inexpensive compared to Massachusetts. So there are a lot of vanity plates there. We go anywhere between. I just looked it up. Anywhere between forty two fifty a year for a motorcycle plate to eighty two fifty a year for the other wow. plates. So that's as much as my registration. <laughs> Eighty-two. I just I find it hard to believe people would be pay, pay over two hundred dollars a year for a for a digital plate. Now there are there are some issues related to this. Apart from if there's a bug in your code and you get a blue screen to death on your license plate, are you going to get pulled over by the cops? Uh, mm-hmm. But also tracking in you know of your car um, privacy issues related to your plates. Not just from the government, but even from hackers and being able to track you where your vehicle is at all times and that sort of thing it concerns me. And who's in charge of what you put on that plate? Because we had a problem here in Rhode Island with people who like hyphenate or yeah. truncate certain words in this in right. the state. Yeah. Who's going to be in charge of that? Right. Are you just going to be able to go on and type whatever message you want? I can't mm-hmm. imagine them allowing that. I just no. can't. No. I, no I don't, they shouldn't. This is still a traditional registration. You're still going to have the traditional registration form. It's not going to be a, be able to send messages to other drivers kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but you're going to be thing. able to change the messages on it through an app. I mean, that's one thing they said. Is, well, but probably I, pick from some set messages. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be more like it. This yeah. would be hacker oh, heaven, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, my, my concern would be this is going to be another thing that people can steal. And right. people can see if they can hack it, that means then they can reprogram it right mm-hmm. to whatever they want. They said w- one thing it does is it eliminates the stickers. You know how the registration stickers you have to put on your plates every time you renew your. So since there's no more stickers, you don't have to do that. It will just automatically update from the DMV. I just feel like, though, there's some things that don't need an electronic solution because it introduces right. complexity that can fail. And I can imagine all the ways that a digital license plate can fail and be a super annoyance. And what happens if you don't get your registered on time? Does your plate start to flash? Does your car stop? What, what happens there? Well, it's not going to affect your car, but I I have seen these where it will show as expired. I mean, literally it'll just change to expired. Right. Really? Right. Or make a red ring around the edge or yeah. 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 Right. But you know, cops already have where they can drive down the, the road with cameras and check your plates. Plate I mean, let, let's yeah. be honest. Do yeah. they really even need to worry about stickers anymore in most places? 
Right. Well, that's a way to, just to get some money out of you. But yeah, the I actually got pulled over once because even though my plate had a sticker that wasn't expired, the plate was expired um, because I had put the wrong sticker on the wrong car. I, oh, jeez. I, oh, I sleep deprived, had babies. So <laughs> I, and, he, and like, but he pulled me over for it. And he's like, um, your sticker doesn't match your plate. Uh, information why not and so he obviously used the plate reader to and that alerted mm-hmm. him and pulled me over he was a nice guy he let me go <laughs> uh i forget how i fixed it i i don't know i must have contacted the dmv but um it, it was but yeah plate readers are out there and they are also a privacy concern the aclu and others yep. have the electronic frontier foundation uh, foundation have said this is that, you know, this is a privacy concern. I don't know. This is not good. So uh, it's interesting. I don't think I'm ever going to get one. I'm not paying 1100 bucks um, for a, a, a digital plate. I hate to say it, but I can see certain states like California, once this um, test gets done, that they mandate these in the car, meaning yeah. it's not amounted Ooh. to the car. It's a part of the car. Mandated to the know? manufacturer mm. mandate. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's possible. I can see that happening very soon. Yeah. And which means, and of course, what usually happens and when there's a mandate like that, they go, well, we're just going to do it all across the country anyways, because a lot of states follow uh, California's auto related mandates for whatever dumb reason. But yep, <laughs> like Massachusetts. Exactly. So. All right. Well, thanks for that dystopian future again. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see. Well, maybe it'll be OK. Well, we'll see if we can get an uh, I support StarQuest. A uh, little message that how much that would have yeah. to do on there. That would be nice. Uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. And Joanne, you're up first. Okay. Um, my pick of the week is a website that I kind of stumbled on. And I like when that happens for you cord cutters out there. It is called suppose.tv. S-U-P-P-O-S-E dot TV. And what this website does is it helps cord cutters like me decide which streaming services are best priced in the area, and not just price, but what stations, and I'll use that old terminology, are on these, you know, because I sat there when I first did this three years ago with a Excel spreadsheet and trying to put everything in order and and try to cross-reference it, but this, this website does it for you. It says it compares billions of combinations. And what you do is you put your TV market area in. So since I'm in the Providence, uh, Rhode Island market, that's the one I have. And then what I can do is hit, if I want to find out which of my local stations are on which service, it'll bring them all up. And it'll tell me what's a best fit, where, where am I saving money, how many channels, do they have any offers right now is to, you know, for extra things, like some of them are giving out Roku sticks. Um, YouTube, I can't believe YouTube TV is doing some kind of an offer with an Apple TV uh, 4K. Yeah. Um, but this is, but then you have to be careful though, because I, I can already tell you that you're going to get six on the screen when you first see it, but that isn't the only one. If you go ab- above to the right, there are little circles you start hitting on that, it brings you up another six. Okay. So this is every single, they're curating, whatever this algorithm is, is curating all of this. So you can put in any combination 
and you can prioritize. So I want ABC, CBS. I'm looking for the CW. I'd like HBO. Maybe I'm into AMC. You can put all of those in a column and it will keep redefining what services are best for you. Hmm. And it'll also be like, do you want to get it? They'll refine it with a couple of uh, slides up here that says you can either get more TV or save more money. So it'll go in either direction. I think this is going to be, you know, better than an Excel spreadsheet. But right now, things are going up. A lot of us are considering eating ramen noodles so we can watch Netflix. Maybe we don't have to do that if we start looking at, you know, a site like this to sort of help us get our finances in order. Because I think a lot of us are going to need that for a while. Right, right. So I'm, I'm throwing it out. I'm going to be using it to see what I can you know, truncate. And because I, right now I have a deal with T-Mobile, however, for YouTube TV. So yeah, I'm probably going to wait another year. So, and but, keep in mind, like this is not for streaming services per se. This is for channels like cable channels. Right. So you're mm-hmm. not going to find Netflix or Disney plus on here. This well, is- they've got the premium ones. On. They do have the premium ones oh, do they? that you can see who has a deal with them. Oh, right. I see. I see what you're saying. Right. So they've got HBO, they've got Epix, they've got Cinemax, they've got, you know, Showtime. Yeah. But like, you're not going to find Disney Plus on here. You're not going to find Netflix on here. Well, actually, they do. They've got Paramount Plus. I saw on there. You got to scroll all the way to the end. Yeah, you got to go down. Paramount Plus is on there. ESPN Plus is on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's huge. Even even home shopping networks, like, it's important to some people. Mm. Uh, So Spanish, they've got the Spanish there. However, if you're looking for anything else other than Spanish, you're not going to, those are usually add-ons anyway. And in my area, it's usually Portuguese. So it's like, if you're looking for any of that, folks, no, that, that's not going to help you. But okay. it's got oh, a fairly good yeah. list. Yeah. One, one thing I will say, though, is uh, just I already threw a market at it that it doesn't like, and that's called the one I'm living in. Oh. Uh, so the really small markets are not in here. Billings is. So Billings, okay. Montana was, but Great Falls, Montana wasn't. So um, which is not unexpected again. But yeah. so okay. well, that, that, that means, you know, that's where they say the 99 percent of Americans aren't or are, are covered by this. So I'm, I'm the one percent. I'm a one percenter. Yay. Oh. Yay. <laughs> but, but you get to have Starlink. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's in, in, of course, you know, you can use other markets to kind of help you understand what's available for you. Cause I know for a fact, mm-hmm. YouTube TV, which I have right now has the local channels from great falls. So that's right. not a problem, but I also have an antenna that has the local channels from great falls. Right. So that's but, also not an issue, but it's also good when they start fooling around with that. Like you're mm-hmm. going to lose all of your channels from this particular provider. If you yep. don't yep. follow up. Cool. Awesome. Worth taking a look at. That's for sure. Uh, Father Corey, what's your pick this week? So my pick is one that's very essential about living in the Great Falls area right now because it's two degrees and snowing. And no, that's not two degrees Celsius. That's two degrees oh. Fahrenheit. <laughs> Get out. This is why I it's, don't live in Montana. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. It's cold. It's snowing. It's miserable. And my garage, I have a nice garage, but it's unheated. It's, it's not insulated, but, you know, it still stays a little bit better in there. So when my parents had the, the Dodge Ram that I have now, they installed an Astro Start remote start system. Because not everybody's cars, matter of fact, it's still a premium option to get remote start in your vehicles. It's oh, more yeah. common. And you can get the nice ones now where you can use the app on your phone and everything. But for those of us who don't, you can get 
a remote start system. And you can get cheap ones on Amazon, but you know, you're you're getting what you're paid for. You know, if you get a good one that's installed by a person who's trained on how to do it, you're going to be so much happier. And some of these systems are really pretty advanced where you can lock and unlock the doors remotely. You can pop trunks remotely. You can do all that stuff, but you can also do the remote start. And mine's kind of cool where it's got the key fob where it's two-way. So I'm not going to remote start because it's sitting in the garage, but I can do the lock and it'll should beep. There you go. I don't know if you could hear it, but yep. it beeped to let me know. It just I just locked it remotely and then I can do it again to unlock it. Okay. So. Yeah. Um. So we can do that all remotely. Uh, nice thing is you, you start remotely. You don't have to leave the key in the ignition. Um, but then when you get in, you turn the key to the on. You don't even crank it all the way to start. You just turn it to the on position, and the car takes over, and you go. And your car is nice and warm. Some of the fancy ones will turn on your heated seats or your air conditioner or all that good stuff. So if you live in a place like mine where it gets very, very cold, remote starts awesome because you can, you know, set the thir- set the heater to hot and it'll be nice and warm when you get in there. If you live in a place that's like you know, Arizona, you can set it to air conditioning and it'll be nice and cool in there when you get in, whatever. So for those of us who live in where weather gets extreme, these remote start things are godsends. And again, because yeah. it keeps the doors locked and the car won't move until you actually put the key in your car is safe while it's idling. Okay, cool. Good, good idea. Yeah. I live in a snowy place and a remote start might actually be <laughs> useful for me too. Same here. And yeah. You're probably talking about a thousand dollars installed. Yeah. But yeah. again, if you go to an installer that knows what they're doing, you won't have any problems with it at all. Oh, wow. So my pick is a tip this week. Uh, for iOS users, iPhone and iPad users. So if you open up the Photos app on your phone, on your iPhone, and you find a photo that has a plant or an animal in it, if you scroll up a little bit, so you just put your finger on the screen and push up, you'll see a little uh, on the display, you'll see underneath, it's it'll say something like, look up plant or look up animal, and it will... If you tap on that, it will I try to identify what plant or animal you're looking at. So I I had a maple leaf here and it showed me, okay, it's either a Norway maple or or well it's, no, it says it's a Norway maple. The uh, it's got a two Wikipedia articles, one just on maples in general, and then this one uh that says it's a Norway maple. Uh and so it's kind of fun if you're out and about and you know, you're going for a walk, or you, what kind of dog is that? What kind of bird is uh, have I got a you, you do have to get semi close, like you know, if you got a bird way up in a tree and it's just a vague shape up there, it's, <laughs> it can only do what it can, you know, what it can do. But if you can get fairly close, like I used to, my wife and I, we, you know, we take the kids hiking in the woods. We used to buy apps to do this. You know, you had mm-hmm. to download, you know, download apps to just do this sort of thing. Now it's built into the Photos app, so uh, it's a really nice little feature that Apple added there. And uh, so, yeah. just, just check it out. And- I, I will say, and this isn't just an Android had it first, but uh, Google has had a has a program that they haven't got rid of yet. This is one of the things Google hasn't gotten rid of yet called yeah. Google Lens that right. does the same thing. Right. And it's, it is really nice to be able to do, though. Yeah, I don't. In fact, in the Google Photos app has Google Lens built into it and it will do the same thing. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm looking at it here. Um, it, it What it, well, what it does is there it you go. shows you. Um, matches to it in Google images, basically. So yep. you can go from there. Yeah. So there you, there you go. If you're on iOS and you're using the Google photos app, you can do the same thing. So that's, right. yeah, that's, that's good to know too. Yep. 
It's a good, yeah. it's a great feature. It really is. Yeah, yeah it, it correctly identified my dog, but it also said she could have been a Scottish Terrier. And that's close enough. That's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So a uh, little fun tip. So that does it for us this time. We'd love to hear what you think of anything we've had to discuss today. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. We'll have links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to follow Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the StarQuest YouTube channel. We should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. We'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.